Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. <laughs> Coming live and direct from the gloom tomb. Uh, my name is uh, the Gringo Man Dingo, uh, a.k.a. Michael Rappaport. You see how I flipped that G? Instead of going, yeah, my name see. is Michael Rappaport, I go, my name is the Gringo Man Dingo, a.k.a. Michael Rappaport. <laughs> um, yeah. They also call me uh, White Mike, uh, Mr. White Folks, and uh, some people still call me Milk. I'm in here with the 2015-2016 podcast co-host of the year. Goes by the name of G. Moody. Uh, the last name rhymes with duty. Yep. Um, we're doing the damn thing. We are taking over the Northwest. The Northwest Takeover Tour has been set. The people wanted it. We wanted it. And now you have it. San Francisco, Tuesday, May 9th. Seattle, Thursday, May 11th. And for the first ever international I Am Rapport Stereo podcast performance, we're going to be in Vancouver Saturday, May 13th. I cannot wait. G. Moody, are you excited to take it on the road again? Man, I'm always excited to hit the road. I enjoy being on stage with the fans and, and you know, seeing them. I love it. I'm amped up. Yeah, San Francisco, man, that, that, that's going to be big. And then Seattle, we got to try to find Sean Kemp and get him on the show. Talk about Sean Kempin. And then we're taking it to Vancouver. We're crossing country lines, borders. I hope we get back yeah. in the country, man. Is your paperwork good to go, G. Moody? Paperwork? Oh, yeah, I'm good, man. All you need is a passport, right? Hey, listen, I'm not going to hold your hands. I asked you if your paperwork good. And, <laughs> and if they leave you at the border, they leave you at the border. I'm crossing the fucking border. I'm not. I'm telling you right now, you're my man, 50 grand. Always washes up with his dick in his hand. But if they give you some problems at the border, you're on your own, Duke. No. Uh, yeah, I'll check what, what's needed, and I will surely have it. Okay, cool. Because, like I said, if you get held up, I'm, I'm, I'm going right the fuck through the border. So San Francisco, oh, Tuesday, May 9th, Seattle. Thursday, May 11th. And then in Canada, in Vancouver, May 13th. Now, I'm going to tell a story about uh, being in Vancouver. <laughs> Um, I was there once, a long, long time ago, and uh, I was uh, getting sushi. I can't remember the name of the place I had sushi at, but there is a world-famous sushi place up there. Um, they have a world-famous sushi chef. When I say world-famous, I mean world-famous. <laughs> and This was in the 90s. I was up there shooting something. Now, I, I, I noticed this, I, and I didn't stop. I did, I did, I did say uh, hello, but I didn't do the full thing. But right. 
I, I, and I remember I told you this story before because it was disturbing. And, and tell me, tell me, uh, back me up here, G Moody. When I was right. in Vancouver in the late '90s, there were uh, ladies of the evening that were mm. uh, uh, Victoria's Secret supermodel status on the streets mm. in the cold unclothed, you know, out there with stockings and all that stuff that were literally, and I'm not talking about like pretty for a hooker. I'm talking about like you should be in movies. Like I wanted to start a management company. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Remember I told you about this? I was, I was disturbed by by seat. They were young girls, you know, 21, 22, gorgeous, gorgeous, like model gorgeous, Mm. like literally like Victoria secret, Model type of shit, like the type of chicks that Justin Bieber would walk into a club with. Damn, I, found, I, found, I, I hope it doesn't go on anymore. I, I don't. I think that the, these women were so. But I remember I saw them outside of like a, like a little Seven Eleven type thing, and I was talking to them, and they were like about their business. You want to get down? You wanted? To, I was like, Are you? Fu- is this a fucking like? I was like, Is this a joke? Like I never seen anything like this on the street right. in the winter, brick cold. Um, so yeah, I haven't been back to Vancouver since. But um, I, it was it was a wild thing. Um, mm. I don't even know where to start with this podcast. Um, there's so many things going on. Um, I'm gonna break down. Uh, G Moody, me, uh, Dean Collins, the young shooter, and Jordan. <clears throat> we went to the Staples Center the other day, right? Uh, with the L.A. Clippers and Meundies, we got to see the mm-hmm. Shaq statue up close and personal. I'm gonna break that down. Hey. Um. We just came back from South by Southwest. Um, gee, let's talk about this for a second. Okay. We, we flew on short flights. Now, the, most of the time when I'm flying, I go from New York to L.A. I don't know what most of the fans, listeners of the Iron Rap Port Stereo podcast do. Okay, but most of the time when I'm flying, I go New York to L.A., L.A. to New York. But in the last six months, nine months, I've taken some short flights and – this is what I'm noticing about flying uh, short flights. It's, it's every man for themselves. They don't give yeah. a fuck about you. Why they even have stewardess, uh, flight attendants, whatever you call them in the modern age on the flight, I have no idea. They don't serve you food. They don't serve you, you, you snacks. You got to whip out credit cards. You, you, when you, when you want to buy them, they only take credit cards. They don't take cash. And basically, they could give two shits about you. The bathrooms are for people that are five, seven, and under. No disrespect to people that are five, seven, and under. But when, when, when somebody like myself or G. Moody has to take a piss, you have to do it from a crouching position. I'm going to be honest, G. Moody. Yeah. When, when, when I flew back from Austin to L.A., I had to take a piss. I pissed sitting down. Okay? I oh, was ashamed man. of myself. I couldn't stand up in the bathroom to take a piss because if you stand up in the bathroom to take a piss and you're trying to like lean over and crouch on number one it hurts my neck number two hurts my back number three if 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 the flight makes any sort of movement even the slightest move you're gonna piss all over your leg and i've done that before yeah. when i was younger when you piss on yourself in the, in, in the bathroom of an, of an aircraft and then you walk back to your seat and you have the walk of shame and people are like yo my man just pissed himself in the bathroom yeah that's how it looks what did you notice about these short flights? Because you flew from Austin back to New York. Tell me what you're noticing about these short flights. Um, they're very cold. The, the uh, stewardesses, they're, they're not like they were back in the days. Uh, they're not giving any food. They throw the fucking things. Uh, some stewardesses, they, they throw the bag. Uh, they don't care anymore. The, the airlines don't care. And uh, it's, it's shown... Through the stewardesses, you got to pay for the fucking bags. I got to pay for a, uh, a, a, a thing of potato chips. Like, you can't just give me the fucking... They're not even... They're like bootleg potato chips. They don't even... They have these yeah. brands that they only sell on the flight. And I got to pay $2.50 for a pack of bootleg potato chips. Yeah. I, I, I'm very disturbed by that. We paid for the ticket for the flight. I should at least get a meal. <laughs> It used At to be, least. you know, join us, fly the friendly skies. Uh, yeah. Come come fly the friendly skies. Now it's... Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you, fend for yourself, asshole. Instead of saying yeah. fly the friendly skies, it should be fuck you, fend for yourself, asshole. Yeah. And pay for that bag, Duke. 
Yeah, and you know what? Bring your own toilet paper. And if you got to piss sitting down and you're a grown man, so be it. They don't give a shit. <laughs> Word. Absolutely. Um, it's a bad experience. It was a bad experience. And I'm not even going to name names on the airlines, man, because I, I, I realize it's not just one airline. That's just the way it is. If you're not flying. Yeah. And I'm not. Yo, we flew coach. OK, sometimes we flew coach. Sometimes we first class. They don't give a shit. If you're not flying yeah. across country, it's terrible. Yeah. Some Charles Lindbergh type bullshit. Um, it was just announced that the Oakland Raiders are leaving Oakland to go to Las Vegas. Um, yo, this is, this is, this is a shame. This is a joke. This like the New York Yankees leaving New York. As far as I'm concerned, um, the Oakland Raiders fans don't support them. They're like, well, Raider Nation, uh, uh, will travel. Raider Nation will find the Raiders in Vegas. Fuck the Raiders. Fuck (laughs) the Raiders. Raider Nation, find something else to do until a football team comes back to there. Um, Oakland is synonymous with the NFL. Oakland deserves a football team. And, and yep. I think it's a disgrace. I don't know about the bureaucracy and how it works. And if people, you know, you got to vote for a new stadium, not vote for a new stadium, whatever happened. But having professional football taken out of Oakland is a disgrace. It's disgusting. Absolutely. And Mark Davis, Al Davis's son, who actually didn't Al Davis go to Erasmusol High School, the same school that me and G. Moody went to for one year? Yes. Yes. By the way, did you graduate from Erasmus Hall High School? Uh, no, uh, Laurenburg Institute in North Carolina. That, right. That's my. Uh, that's where you graduated from. I, I went there one year, and and I was infamously asked not to come back. Um, and, and there were there were there were people that are uh, in in prison right now that will never get out of prison in the in the school while we were there. I don't know why they didn't yep. want me back. Uh, I don't know what I did. I have no stories to tell. I they they said I was very disruptive. Um, and, and I never got over that, but that's not the point. Mark Davis, Al Davis's son, Al Davis, who brought the just win baby to the NFL. First of all, you need to fix your fucking wig piece. You're not fooling anybody. I don't know what kind of Astro turf you got growing out of your dome. You look ridiculous, my man. You look fucking crazy. Your father is kicking and screaming in his grave. You either bring them to Los Angeles or you keep them in Oakland. Having football teams in Las Vegas is going to be a shit show. It's going to be a, it, it's going to be a disaster. I, I, I just I'm, I'm so upset by this. And again, I have no stake in the Oakland Raiders. I have no stake in what they do. I have no stake in. I'm, I mean, I like the Raiders. I like Derek Carr. I like their crew. I like Khalil Mack. You know, I, I like the history of it. But the fact that they're leaving Oakland, I think, is an embarrassment. And, and I feel bad for the fans. And I think they should not support them when they go to Vegas. Tell them to go fuck themselves and, and let the strippers at the strip clubs. You know, like you got degenerate gamblers in Vegas. You think they're going to leave the fucking gambling table to go watch the games? If they could do that, right. they wouldn't be called degenerate gamblers in the first place. Right, right. They left They left a, a vibrant fan base that stuck by them uh, when they were losing for years. And, you know, it's just terrible for those, for those people in, in the great city of Oakland to lose that team, man. Speaking of the NFL, the NFL, I don't know if you know this, Moody, and I, I want to hear your take on this. You know that they're, they're making an actual training video? They're making an actual yeah. training video to teach players the appropriate and proper ways to celebrate. Remember, I said... The legislating of blackness in our community. Uh, to, when, when you score or, or when you do something great, you celebrate it, and it's no rub in the face of the opponent. It's like, yo, we playing, and it's it's uh, emotional. Yeah, I'm a score. I'm gonna get on my Deion, Deion Sanders shit. That makes the game hype, more hype. But these guys look at it as, oh, he's taunting the opponent. We going head up. I did something spectacular. Why shouldn't I celebrate? As I've said, I said many times before, if I could do what an NFL player could do, I would take my clothes off and run around the stadium naked. You should celebrate. Odell Beckham, what he does, that's the supernatural shit. Right. Okay, what Antonio, what Antonio Brown and all these NFL players do, that's supernatural. They should be able to celebrate. And besides, your adrenaline is going. So now you want to make a a a training video? Yeah. 
Look, just think, think, think of the arrogance of that. These players are out there risking their lives. Most of them are going to have CTE and they can't celebrate. It rubs you that wrong that these players are celebrating. This is some bullshit like Karan Butler said. I agree. I think it's a disgrace. I think it's disgusting. And uh, I think the NFL needs to cool out. You know, if dudes, yes. are, if dudes are doing like I did and they score a touchdown and they get naked, okay, flag them. But the fact right. that they don't let dudes spike the football over the field goal now anymore. Look and, at that. You know, you, you know, if you do excessive pumping when, when you're twerking and all that, yeah, it's look ridiculous, at that. man. To, to, to do that stuff out there is the supernatural is, right. is extraordinary, and, and you should be able to celebrate for yourself, celebrate for your team, and celebrate for the fans. This is part of the game. Billy White shoes Johnson. And what's wrong with celebrate? These are grown men. The opponents can't take it? Like, their feelings are hurt? No, it's not the opponents. It's the league now. It has nothing to do with the opponents. They're not doing anything in any people. If you're taunting the other team and you're in somebody's face, I could get that. But if you're just doing right. your little dance and your little spike and your little, your little shit— there's nothing wrong with that. If you're doing right. something they don't to cause want- a ruckus on the field and you're going on the other team's sideline, that's excessive. But if you got right. 30 seconds to do your thing and it's 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 yeah, people know what's excessive and what's taunting and what's not. This is professional football. You don't want college dudes to do it? Fine. They're in college. Yeah. But this is the pros, this is the peak, this is the fucking pinnacle. Speaking of the pinnacle, I'm starting to get myself in shape, G Moody. And and and, oh, and, and one of the ways that I'm getting myself in shape is by eating properly. Now, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm continuing to do it. I'm eating my Blue Apron meals. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And when they say everyone, they mean everyone. Okay, if I could do it, you could do it too. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. Forget spending a lot of money at restaurants or at high-end grocery chains. Under $10 per person, you can have a delicious meal at home. These are some of the upcoming meals. Spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salsalita. (laughs) Sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, ginger, and fried rice. Fantastic. Parmesan crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. You could choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You know, we always talk about the Coxman and the Stickman and 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 who's won and versus who isn't. Yes. But I want to I want to give I have a award that I came up with. Yes. The Wonder Dick Award goes to Rachel Dolezal's first black guy that she got with. Oh. Not only did she get an orgasm, she became a whole new person. Mm. He put it on her with the Wonder Dick, and she activated and became. Black. Yo, that's a great award. I, I didn't know that was coming. Um, you, you, you didn't mention this to me before. Fantastic award. Um, I would love to find the gentleman who put that wonder dick on Rachel Dolezal and, and, and literally made this woman lose her fucking, lose her mind. Yeah, what, what, kind, of, what kind of stick is that? Yo, his fuck style has to be so impeccable. His fuck style has to be so buck wild, this guy. Who, whoever yes. was the yeah. first one. <laughs> that guy, we got to track him down. We got to do the math. That'll take a lot of research, but we have to find the guy. She just released a book. Did, did, did you read the excerpt from Rachel Dolezal's book? Yes, I have a lot to ask and, and talk about, but go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Please, please do, because, because I, I, I mean... This, this woman, you know, we could say this, we could say that. This is a crazy person. This woman is yes. a fucking nutcase. Yes, yes. Okay. She, sat, she, was on the, she was on the Today Show. She appears to be very articulate, very intelligent, and so it throws you off a little bit. But I was kind of understanding a little bit what she was saying. What, what, here, here's what it is with her. She 
don't want, she doesn't want to be associated with the social construct of whiteness. She doesn't want to be part of that. So she's saying, I'm not white. You, you know, I'm, it's, a, it's a social thing, and I can be whoever I feel I am. So that's, that's her main deal. That's what I got from her on, on the Today Show. She don't want to be a part of whiteness and what that represents. So like James Baldwin said, whiteness is an attitude and blackness is a condition. So I kind of get a little bit what she's saying, but I do think she's absolutely nuts because she could go back and be white, which what she's doing is privilege as well. Shit. That that's white privilege at its at its the that's the peak, the pinnacle. Yeah. No, no other ethnicity could do that. So what she's doing is illustrating the fact the white privilege, just like Donald Trump in office. He's not apologizing for anything he says, which is white privilege, too. It's like you could do whatever you want to do and he doesn't have to apologize. You, you, you see it very just just standoffish. So what she's doing is the same thing. She's talking about trying to change the, uh, the racial construct and this and that. Yo, the bitch is nuts. Uh-huh. She said, um, I want to be I'm, I'm black. Right. So, but there are African-Americans, there are Nigerians, you know, black isn't one thing. Me, me and a Libyan black person are like night and day. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what are you? Are you from Nigeria? Are you from the Congo? You can't just say you're black. And then, and, and then she got, she said she got her blackness from National Geographic magazines. This is a clown. Now, it, it, this clown is a different thing. This is a nut job. This is a fucking... And now she's homeless, and, and, and I know she has a family, and I, I, obviously anybody with a fa- Homelessness is not a joke, but, but I can yeah. see how this person could be sort of exonerated from, from, from you know, normal society because she's fucking nuts. She's insane. Yeah. This is an insane yep. person. Rachel Dozel and, is a fucking nutcase. Yo, and I, I want to finish it on this. She said her first marriage to the black, the black dude, she was too black for him. And, and the whole thing is so twisted. Her, her whole thing and, and what she writes about in her book is so far out. And it's so one of a kind. Uh, 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 like the way she's seeing things is it's so whacked out of its tree. She's so fucking nuts. And she, yeah. she, she's sitting there dyeing her skin and bleaching her skin, not bleaching it, um, baking and like putting makeup on to make herself appear. She's a, she's the same color as me with freckles and all right. that shit. But if you're black, why do you need to do that? She's not black. She's right? a fucking kook. She's a nut job. Yeah. Since, since we're, since we're do, dealing with this race stuff, we, we talked a few weeks ago and, uh, and uh, about this and, and, and um, you know, basically, you know, like me and Moody were, were talking about like, in my opinion, Listen, you can't you can't figure out racism. I don't have the the answer, but one yeah. of the big things for white male is the black <laughs> cock. Okay, <laughs> this is like the thing that no one talks about. Let's give it history. It's it's the taboo. It's Americana, but when you think about it, it's not us. It's in 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 the early days, our women were being raped with impunity. And nobody went to no jail or nothing. So it's something in their minds about that. It's a taboo, and it's been since the country, since we got here. And it's always been. They cast, they hang a guy, they castrate him, and cut his penis off. He's why, already why do you dead. Wanna, isn't it bad enough that you hung him and maybe set right. him on fire? Why cut the dick off? Right. And the reason so, why you cut the dick off is because you want the dick. You don't want the dick. It's it, it, it's just so sick and so twisted. And and the historical you can't argue with the history of it. And I know it's uncomfortable yeah. to talk about. It's uncomfortable for me and G Moody to be talking about other guys' dicks. We've talked about this Word. off podcast, but we said we have to do it. You think right. that me and G Moody Want to be talking about big black cocks? I don't want to be talking about that, <laughs> but I feel like no one else is discussing it, and we have to bring it to the, we have to bring it to the head. No pun intended. Yes. No pun intended. Yes. yes. We have to 
Yeah, this is what we do. We 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 bring it out and and uh, and talk about it and deal with it. And it has historical facts in it. It's always been like that. They used to have twenty thousand motherfuckers come to watch people get black people get hung, and they would give the guy's cock out as souvenirs. So obviously, it's something with them about our rods. And this, check this out. This guy. That stabbed a black man in New York City. The guy who came from Baltimore. Wait, wait, let, let's talking. slow it down for a second. Give his okay. name. James Jackson. James Jackson. If you don't know, he, he's an Army veteran. He came to New York City with the intent to cause mass destruction, mass murder. Keep going, G. Moody. And he said that he wanted. he came here with the purpose to save white women. He had been seeing interracial marriages and on, on the commercials and it just really got under his skin. And he said the white race is eroding, it's fading away. And I just want to kill as many black men as possible. Young black men, successful black men. He, and, and, and this, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I go, no, whoa, whoa, whoa to you. This is all entangled in Let's just say BBC. How many times do we have to say big black cock on the podcast? From now right. on, we're just going to say BBC. Yeah. He oh. wanted to uh, save the sanctity of white women. This has been going on since the 1800s. This type of mindset, right? So this guy sees these commercials. He's stewing in his house. He hates black people. And he comes to New York and he actually kills a black person and... I just, yo, all you cats with Megan and Lori and, and Meredith, you're going to have to come up with some shit or keep your guard up or let don't hold hands or keep let her walk ahead of you because you could get killed. Shit. And, and this guy looks like a real nut job. He's talked, he's talked very openly, yeah. apparently, you know, to the cops. He told them, you need to arrest me. He said that he regrets killing the guy he killed because the guy he killed was like right. in his 50s. He said he wanted to kill young men, young right. black men. And that, and that the first killing was like a, a, right. an audition. It was like a test run to make more destruction. But it was very clear, and he was very clear in talking about the reason why it wanted to be right. black men. Because he didn't like seeing, hearing about, or dealing with black men with white women. Now... This guy, he's a racist. He's all these things. Now, I don't know why these high-level um, um, notoriety killers, they always seem to you know, get the preferential treatment. He's in isolation. Yeah. He's at Rikers now. He's in isolation. Put him yeah. with all the black there men. There you go. Let him be with all the black men and have his, have his way. Let's see, let's see right. how it goes for you. You're on the island, and nobody's <laughs> smiling. Now, you, you, you're up there. There's plenty right. of black men, Latino men. Now, put him yeah. in general population yeah. with these people. He should come out <laughs> limping from getting that Wonder Word. Bread bag treatment. He should come out beaten up. Every time he shows, shows up in court, he should be stitched up, have broken arms, broken yeah. legs. And, and he, that's, that's how you should see him in court. Why are these I, guys not beaten yo, up when you see them? I don't them? know. I thought... Every time this fucking guy shows up to court... And you know this case, it just happened. You know this case is going to be documented already until he's sentenced to the death penalty. This guy should show up to court with stitches, fucking swollen head, broken arms, and limping because he's getting right. pounded in his ass, hopefully yes. with a Wonder Bread bag. Because even if you're going to take that ass, yes. let's do it's, it safe. Let, let, let's practice safe yes, sex with exactly. this guy. And, um, this is the, uh, the sentiment from that movie. 1921 movie, I think 1919, The Birth of a Nation, where they made a film and they had it where the the black people who were, it, the, it was white people in blackface, the theme of the film was like, they're going to take our women. They put off a lot of hysteria and a lot of black people got hung subsequently after that. So this has always been. And I think what it is, is these people, this guy is inadequate. He, he, he assumes that that these women don't want these black men. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you assuming, like, these right. guys are just guerrillaing these women. This is a mutual thing. Love is love. But I think it's penis envy, and that's a real thing. And I think he's a micro-penis guy, and this is what it is. This is, this is what it is. And, and, and your fuck style, your fuck yeah. style is not buckwild. 
Get your, get, your, get your game up. Get your fuck game up. And then you won't go around and drive yourself literally crazy. This guy yeah. drove himself crazy and unfortunately killed a totally innocent man. And then he said, oh, I didn't want to kill this guy. I wanted to kill this type of black guy. This Yo. is a sick fuck. He, I mean, he, see, this is, this, is, this is not even a guy who gets a sick fuck of the week. Okay? He does, he's not, he, we don't have these kinds of people as a sick fuck. Because this yeah. is a whole other category. Um, to switch it up on a lighter note... Uh, but in the same world, Gwyneth Paltrow, who I met out in Los Angeles uh, in, 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 you know, in the acting circles in, in, in the 90s, she she's, uh, has her, her, um, her website or whatever it is. Or her, her, yeah, I guess it's a website, her blog. It's called Goop. Oh, yeah. I, yo, okay. go ahead. <laughs> and Gwyneth Paltrow's the, the, the woman. I'll, 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 I've said this story on the podcast. I'll say it again. When I was doing a show, a movie called uh, The Paul Bearer. Not a great movie, but a very good script. Actually, a pretty good movie. It was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, David Schwimmer, uh, Tony Collette, myself, and, and a bunch of other good actors. Uh, Miramax film. Um, this is when she was uh, infamously dating Brad Pitt. She uh, chest hair shamed me. Uh, she said, oh, you got hair in your chest. You got so much hair in your chest. Like, I'm not 26, 27. I don't remember what. I think it was like 26, 27, maybe 28. You have so much hair in your chest. Brad's chest, Brad doesn't have any hair on his chest. His chest is so smooth. And I was like, who the Word. fuck cares about his chest? Like, yo, now my man Brad Pitt, yo, that's how he is. I wasn't offended by Brad Pitt or feel competitive with Brad Pitt. I'm like, yo, <laughs> fuck Duke. You know what I'm saying? My shit is gorilla-like. I'm yeah, on that right. Burt Reynolds shit. <laughs> and when I'm chest naked, you see the hair. I don't shave my shit. I don't think Brad Pitt doesn't sh- shaves his shit either. But like, you trying to sh- you trying to yeah. chest hair shave me? And now she's on uh, her her website Goop, trying to give yeah, sex anal tip. sex, talking about all that. Dang, yo, Gwyneth, let me let me tell you something. I know that your fuck game is not insane. Okay. Yeah. Let let me get a shot at her. Now now, if she wants to take a take a shot at you, uh, where, where could you be found? Uh, Gun Hill Road. Uh. Right off of uh, Webster. Uh, check my pedigree. I don't have to go into it. Uh, but yeah, she's talking bunch of bullshit rap. Yeah, she said, it, 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 um, if you like anal and it turns you on, you're not alone. And if you do it, you should do it this way. Nobody wants any sex tips from you, Gwyneth. Yeah. I got a pretty good instinct. I got some the man on the streets. of Your fuck game is not insane. Okay, no disrespect. Yeah. No disrespect. But yo, nobody's asking you for sex tips. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Miles, cue the sick fuck of the week music. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What sick fuck? The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did... What? No. No. No! Check this out, rap. While grilling hot dogs for the team, Spokane football coach Jim Hammerhead Hmm. Sharky said this. If you think those dogs are big, get a fucking load of this baby. And he pulled out his cock and put it in a hot dog bun in front of all the kids. Oh, this man. is a coach? No. This is a sick fuck. Yes. Yes, congratulations. You are the sick fuck of the week. Um I'm going to recap a story about a sick fuck that we talked about uh, uh, about a year ago. A guy named William Dotson if you remember, I, uh, it's been all over the news. He took right. a 15-year-old puppy and duct taped its mouth shut. I mean, and, 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 and the dog almost died. It was totally wow. disfigured. Remember this gentleman? He, he's sick fuck of yeah. the week. Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to jail. I'm going to applaud. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, five yeah. years in prison for taping the dog's mouth shut. Um, that, that might be excessive, uh, but why would you do something like that? 
Why do you need oh to be God. on the streets? If he did that to one dog, he's probably done that to other dogs. And, he, and, and God only knows what he could do. The dog is safe right. now. It was healed. Good. But, but five years, the judge said, you're lucky I couldn't give you more, you fuck you. Right. I, 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 don't, I don't get the, the why, why would people attack a, 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 a defenseless dog? A dogs just want to be around motherfuckers. They just want to be around. I know they, why. They and a puppy, 15 months, it's a uh, yeah. puppy. You're talking about a puppy. A, a, like That's like doing something like abusive to a baby. Puppies are harmless yeah. of any yeah. kind of breed of dogs. 15 months, Absolutely. they're, they're, they're no threat. They're little babies. Um, yep. Third sick fuck of the week. Um, okay. This happened in New York City, actually in Long Island. A detective oh. was busted for masturbating, it. choking his chicken, in a stranger's... Yes. Backyard. While peering into a child's bedroom. Now you need to lock this guy up, and he should also show up to court beaten and bruised and limping. And he's a cop. He's a cop. So 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 <laughs> don't put him in don't put him in protective custody. Put him in general pop. Give general pop as many wonder bread bags as they want, and let them have out this fucking guy. Let right, him wear him out right. real nice. Real proper. Oh, man. There's, there's something terrible going on with all the fat asses. Even, a lot of black women are, are doing the fat ass thing because they want a lot of attention. A Kansas City woman who thought that all of her problems would vanish if she only had a fat ass. So she flew to Florida to get the Brazilian butt lift man. At, some gre- at some greasy strip mall in Florida which resulted in some quack injecting her with industrial-grade silicone and suturing the wound with super glue. Man. And she passed away. Damn. Risking their lives for a fat ass. Man, this is not the first time. uh, I mean, this has been happening for the last two years. Man, that's, that's crazy, man. Yes. Terrible. Mm. All right. Listen, G. Moody, you couldn't join me for this, okay? But I'm going to go into a little trip that I took the other day. Oh. With uh, Jordan, Jordan Winter. We call him J-Dub, the uh, producer right. of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, along with Miles Davis. We call him Miles Smiles. And the young shooter, we got hooked up. We went to Staples Center. They just hung mm. the new Shaquille O'Neal statue. We got to watch the Clippers warm up. Before everybody came to the arena, and we were down there at the DraftKings Lounge. All right, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, I'm wearing my MeUndies underwear right now. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling comfortable. And you might be saying to yourself, what is MeUndies? Okay, uh, MeUndies is just a seriously soft, feel-good underwear delivered right to your door. MeUndies are designed in Los Angeles and made from sustainable sourced micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. MeUndies is softer than soft, okay? And if you listen to me in the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, when it comes to t-shirts, when it comes to underwear, my main agenda is comfort and soft. And I am wearing MeUndies underwear right now. And trust me, they are fantastic, all right? They come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your underwear and your undies for your female because they're made for men and women to your own personal style. And guess what? You could save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. Speaking of L.A., I'm proud to be partnering with the L.A. Clippers and MeUndies for this segment. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You could still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash Clippers, and get 20% off your first pair. Okay, once again, that's MeUndies.com slash Clippers, MeUndies.com slash Clippers. We just made like a short film or long-form commercial with MeUndies. Okay, it's coming, i say about a week. We shot it at the L.A. Clippers practice facility. All right? We were at the Staples Center the other day watching the Clippers play the Utah Jazz. And uh, let me tell you something. We were down there at the DraftKings Lounge, which is it's fantastic. Okay, if you're down there, tell them I sent you. 
Okay, as for the uh, macaroni and cheese hot dog, uh, it's really healthy. Um, I'm kidding. Not that healthy, but it tastes fantastic. Um, we watched the Jazz play the Clippers again. And um, Jamal Crawford is a beast. Yo, Jamal Crawford went off in that game. Watching him up close, Jamal Crawford, yo, he's he's like, I know he wins six man of the year, but it's like you, you, you take for granted how, how incredible these NBA players are. But Jamal went off for about 25, 28 points, okay? Before the game, we got to watch Blake Griffin and the entire uh, Clippers team and the Utah Jazz warm up. We were there in the arena before the arena was open. So it was just like players, the cheerleaders were practicing their cheers, and, and the players weren't even in their jerseys. They were workout stuff. Um, and it was so impressive. It was me, Jordan Winter, and Dean Collins, a young shooter who's never, ever been that close to NBA action. And, and watching these guys, the repetition that DeAndre, Blake Griffin, Gordon Hayward, uh, Gordon with the good hair from the Utah Jazz, watching them go over uh, 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 like just specific shots. Watching Blake Griffin do pick and pops over and over and over and over and over. He must have did like 50 of them, literally 50 pick and pops, pick and pops. DeAndre Jordan uh, doing jump hooks left hand, jump hooks right hand. This is before the warm-ups of the game. Two hours before the game. It, it was so impressive um, to do that. And I, I've done it. I've been fortunate to see these kinds of things. And, and as a basketball fan, as a sports fan, when you watch these professional athletes do the work before the work, it, it, it's crazy. Um, these guys just don't wake up and roll out of bed. They put the work in, and, and we had the, the, the good uh, – the good fortune with the LA Clippers, they hooked us up and, and we were in the arena um, um, doing it. And it was dope. Um, we were down at Staples Center and uh, we, we saw the, the brand new Shaquille O'Neal statue, which is ridiculous. Apparently it's like 1,200 pounds. You know, uh, outside of Staples Center, they have uh, Jerry West statue, which is dope. Of course, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wayne Gretzky, Oscar De La Hoya. But the, the Shaq statue is is sick. He's dunking. He's hanging on the rim. It's like in the Shaq pose. They got his sneakers with the Shaq emblem under the sneakers. The, the details are ridiculous. Um, the only thing I don't like about the statue is I feel like they did uh, like a little joke on Shaq. Because, you know, he, he, he Shaq is like a big kid. I, I've gotten to know Shaq over the years. And he literally is like a big kid. And, and the fact that they got my man Shaq on his statue, which will be there forever, ever, ever cross-eyed I don't know what kind of practical joke it is I don't know if that if they were just like that was that was an accident now I have a lazy eye okay so so I get it but to throw my man Shaq statue with him with the with the cross eye uh, I don't know uh, but it was dope being down at the DraftKings lounge at the Staples Center watching the Clippers beat the Utah Jazz and um you know, they're 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 everybody. You know, the thing about the NBA, they say about the uh, regular season doesn't matter. The regular season does matter. The regular season doesn't matter if your team is garbage. Okay, these guys are fighting for playoff rights, for playoff standings, home court advantage, and and like I said, I don't think any team wants to face the Houston Rockets in the first round, even crazy. Wild card, tenacious Russell Westbrook. I'm sure he would he would like to avoid. The Houston Rockets. Um, that guy doesn't back away from any challenge. Um, but the Clippers beat the Utah Jazz when we were there. And like I said, Jamal went off. Um, the It's a tough matchup, Utah and, and the Clippers. It's like 90s basketball-ish. Um, they had a back-to-back 12-30 game, which I was thinking, I was like, imagine if you play NBA basketball, you got a 12-30 game, you got to rest, recover, and then the next day they had another 12-30 uh, game against the Sacramento Kings, they were kicking the Sacramento Kings' butts. Now, uh, Sacramento Kings, they've gotten rid of DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Big Baby Cousins. He's still called by the masses DeMarcus uh, Boogie Cousins. Um, I still feel like his his attitude gets in the way. And they were winning this game easily. And then Buddy Heald, okay, the rookie uh, for the Sacramento Kings, went off. Buddy went off. And they wound up beating the Clippers on, on a Sunday in the afternoon. And, and this has been, I think, the juggernaut 
of the Clippers all season. They, they failed to put teams away, you know, at times when it, it looked like the game was over. And, and somehow they let the Sacramento Kings, and they're, they're a tough team. Langston Galloway, who's been on the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast, and Willie Cauley-Stein, who's uh, most famous this season for the dunk that didn't go in, who tried to attempt it on Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. They came back and won. You, uh, you know, Sacramento is a scrappy young team. I, I feel like they're going to benefit, strangely enough, in the long run, getting rid of their best player, DeMarcus Cousins. Buddy Heald, he, you know, he could shoot. He's coming into his own. He went nuts. And the Clippers, uh, they they went down and, and they lost a tight game in the fourth quarter. This is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. We'll be right back. We're talking more NBA. I want to talk about my fandom. Okay. I'm starting to love my Boston Celtics. You say, what are you talking about? They're not your Boston Celtics. Oh, yeah, they are. And I'll explain soon uh, when I come right back. Listen to this funk. And I'll be right back and I'll break down why. I am the newest Boston Celtics fan in the world. I'm rooting for the Boston Celtics. I'll explain it. I know it's confusing, but it ain't geometry. It ain't trigonometry. See, I'm Rapport Stereo Podcast. Me undies, LA Clippers. I'll be right back. All right, the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattress. Casper is an award-winning sleep company, an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. There's over 20,000 reviews online with an average of 4.8 stars for Casper. Casper is quickly becoming the Internet's most popular mattress. You could try a Casper mattress for 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. Do you understand what that means? Okay, you need to buy a new mattress, okay? You could sleep on it, live on it, jump on it, have a fucking pillow fight on it, do whatever you want, okay, for 100 nights. If you don't like it, Casper will pick the mattress up and take it away from you for free. Okay, it's made in America. Great pricing and a great product. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend one-third of your life on it. Go to casper.com forward slash Rappaport, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. Use the promo code Rappaport. Get $50 towards any purchase. By visiting casper.com forward slash Rappaport. They have sheets. They have pillows. They have doggy mattresses. They have pool mattresses. I love everything about Casper. Proud sponsor of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Go to www.casper.com. Get a new mattress. Sleep like a baby. Sleep like an angel. Okay? Go to casper.com. All right. So like I said... I'm officially a Boston Celtics fan until I choose not to be a Boston Celtics fan. And I know people in Boston will be like, hey, asshole, you can't be a Celtics fan. Wait a second. You say all those things about Tom Brady. You say all those things about Bill Belichick. Well, you know what? I'm a Celtics fan. Right now, I'm first man on the pile. Okay? Mm. I am down with the Celtics because I want the Celtics to creep up Behind LeBron Blames, excuse me, LeBron James, and take over the home court advantage, take over the number one spot in the Eastern Conference. As of this, I am Rapport Stereo Pockets. They are neck and fucking neck. Nothing <laughs> would make me happier than to see the Boston Celtics take over first position in the Eastern Conference. Moody, let me tell you yeah. something. You guys, they, these guys, they want to rest players. They want to do all this cute shit. The, the, we're only focused on the playoffs. Championships matter. Well, we're going to see. They say the regular yeah. season doesn't matter. Well, we're going to see if the regular season doesn't matter. Because if Cleveland doesn't have that home court advantage, it changes everything. Y'all are good, and you, you guys are the favorite. But the other teams, they're not playing around. Now you're vulnerable. The Cleveland Cavaliers are more vulnerable now than they've been in the last couple of years going into the playoffs. Things could change, but they're vulnerable. And if they lose first place of the Eastern Conference, they're in deep shit. And then the people in Boston be like, hold on, asshole. Hold on. You can't just say you're a Celtics fan. Well, I just did. I just did. I I just ordered a custom-made Larry Bird jersey. Okay, I got Larry Bird socks, and I'm all in on the Celtics until I choose to get the fuck off the bandwagon. Ha, 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 ha. The, 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 thing, about, the thing about the Boston fans is, is I remember when I was doing a podcast with my yeah. good friend, much respect, 
to Bill Burr. And I told him, I like the Celtics. And he said, no, you don't. And I said, yeah, I do. He said, you don't like the Celtics. You hate the Celtics. I go, listen, fucko. See, the thing about Boston, and I'm not saying that everybody from Boston is inbred, but I guarantee you there's some inbreeding. And I feel like it's, it's sort of like it, people always accuse things like that going on in the South and the Appalachian Mountains. I'm telling you, too many of them have those freckles, okay? Too many of them have those red-faced freckle faces that there's not some inbreeding going on somewhere along the lines in Boston. Now, I love my Boston people, okay? I like to break balls, but I just I, I would like to run the numbers on, on, on some possible inbreeding going up there in Boston. And like I said, I'm on the bandwagon. Until right. I choose to jump off, you can't kick me off. It doesn't work like that. The playoffs are upon us, okay? The playoffs are upon us. This is my favorite time of the year, man. The Knicks are so far out of it. My Detroit Pistons and Stan Van Gundy, he's, you know he's booking his tickets down to Panama. He's ready to get <laughs> wacky. Bizarro Stan Van Gundy. And I was even watching uh, college basketball hard body this past weekend. And, and G. Moody, I was rooting for the Kentucky Wildcats. I wanted them to beat UCLA so badly, and they wound up beating them. Okay, then Kentucky uh, wound up losing to North Carolina. Because and and I was like I I was never this invested in Kentucky winning. I I don't I have my issues with Calipari. Shout out to my man Rex Chapman, friend of the yep. I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. I love that yep. dude. Um, but the reason why I wanted uh, Kentucky to beat UCLA is because of Lonzo Ball's father, Lavar Ball. Mm. What, what, what do you think of this dude? I support him standing behind. His- behind his kids saying they're the best, this and that. All the other shit is a smokescreen. Of course he can't beat Mike. This is just a drum up support. I think he's a little over top, over the top, but he he's a father behind his kids and saying they're the best and setting the the, the tone for like my kids are not gonna be broke. You know, I'm 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 How behind do you know? them. How do you, when they're, when they're that, adults, they, 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 to, to me, he's a great father, but how, how, how he can't control what they're going to do when they're adult with their money. No, he, he's saying, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look out for them to where they, they're not just exploited out the gate. They, this is a, a vocal dad. Right. And, and he's, not, he's not like the rest. This is something that we, we, we rarely see. But I support this dude supporting his kids, man. Like, yo, they, they're right. He's right. Yo, my kid is the best. Well, your kid's got to prove that, but there's nothing wrong with the pop saying that. Yeah, but all these other kids have fathers and mothers. If everybody's kid, father and mother was out there saying all this craziness, it, it, I, listen, I get it, and I think it's partially a shtick, and it's partially yeah. like Boudini Brown. He's, he's like uh, the, the, the ball family, Boudini Brown, and he's hocking that big baller brand clothing, which is, listen, I could tell from the material. I have the eye for it. I could tell it's not butter soft like some of the things we sell here at the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. And like I said before, crisscross is better than what that shit looks like. That shit looks crazy. It's 2017, Duke. It's not 1999. It's not 2003. <laughs> you need to re-up your game with the big baller brand. It looks crazy. <laughs> but, but he put an X on his back because as soon as they lost, what happened? Now they have the crying LeVar Ball memes. Mr. Morris... Right. The minister of defense put out a, a second crying LeVar Ball meme. And every time something goes wrong with your son, and he ain't Kobe, he ain't LeBron, he ain't Steph Curry, they're going to be going after your son. They're going to be going after your the younger sons, and they're going to be going after you. So I don't know what the point is. I get being supportive of your kid. I get all that. But, but mm-hmm. you, you're just making people just want to see your kids do bad. And, and I think that's a mistake. I don't think that's setting his kids up for success. Obviously, he's done a great job with these kids. You could tell they're humble. You could, they're good kids. You could tell they're good kids just by the way they talk. You see them on their interviews. But I just don't think that, I just think that you're putting an X on their back. He put an X on their back with everybody on Twitter. As soon as they lost, Twitter went crazy with like dissing yeah. LeVar Ball. And he's talking about he would play Jordan, he would play Mike, and then some videos surfaced of him. He couldn't beat G. Moody. If G. Moody had a couple of weeks to get in shape, he couldn't beat G. Moody. You couldn't even beat. You're talking about your son's better than Steph Curry and LeVar Ball said that. He could beat Michael Jordan. (laughs) He could beat beat, uh, um, Charles Barkley. 
Yo, th- th- you can't even beat Brian Scalabrini. Brian Scalabrini Word. would crack LeVar Ball's ass. He said he never played, he never lost a one-on-one. Who are you playing against? Right, right. Yeah. Who Come are you Brooklyn, playing man. against? You, you, you never lost a one-on-one in your life. You must be playing some bums. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's a disservice, and, and and I think that he's really setting his kid up to have an X on his back. And LeBron James is pissed off about it because he said something about LeBron James kids not being going to be successful because you know they have a silver spoon in their mouth and blah blah. And now LeBron James is like, "Yo, fuck that." So now next season, whatever team Lonzo Ball is on, you know yeah. LeBron is going to set him up to come off pick and rolls. You know he's going to set up Kyrie to isolate on him, and he's going to get the whole Cleveland Cavaliers team lined up to crack his son's ass and humiliate his son because of the father. Yep. They're and then they'll say, him. well, I want them to go at my son. I want, come on, man. You, yo, let him live. You, you sound like the great Santini. Man. Let your sons live. They're, they they are doing great on their own. They don't need Boudini Ball. <laughs> like Boudini uh-huh. Brown, who used to who used to be Muhammad Ali's hype man, doing all that. There's too much social network. There's too much, uh, you know. Um, I just don't think is any is, is any anything good come from it. Yeah, yeah. He 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 gonna have to simmer down next year because the NBA they 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 really let you know how good you are or how good you're not. <laughs> and then the other son, the the the, the his son is a uh, Jello. Um, he's going to UCLA, and he's the son who who's not going to be one and done. He's like a, a right. six six, you know, a uh, uh, guy who likes to play with his back to the basket. And listen, I'm not dissing the kids; these are kids, and then the other kids, fifteen. I'm not talking about these kids; these are kids. I'm just saying the fathers setting them up to have an X on their back to be like targets for guys to go out of their way to crack their ass. And that kid on Kentucky, Fox, he outplayed. Lonzo Ball to the tune of 37 or 39 points. And, and then they make it, well, he outplayed Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball didn't show up because he got all this attention. From him, and his son isn't that nice. He's a good Damn. player. Like, he's not all that. He's a good player. He ain't Kyrie Irving. He ain't Dame Lillard. He ain't John Wall. He, and he, they say, well, he looks like Jason Kidd. The only reason why they say he looks like Jason Kidd is because he's light-skinned and he likes to pass. Jason Kidd in college was a fucking beast. Yeah. You know, and you then it's like, well, he's, he's the kid. next Jason Kidd. There is no next Jason Kidd. If Lonzo yeah. Ball is that dude, then he'll be the first Lonzo Ball. They weren't comparing LeBron James to other dudes. They were like, yo, this dude's going to come in the league and kick ass. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah. like oh, he's, he's like Jason Kidd. This dude is he ain't even in the ballpark of Jason Kidd. You could tell. Yeah. Don't, don't diss Jay, Jay Kidd. I'm not dissing Jay Kidd. No, I'm saying, like, the, for people to... Compare Jason Kidd's a, a one. That guy had a, was a one man fast break by Period. himself. Period. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I want to hear about this from you, Moody, because I haven't talked to you. Devin Booker, who we've talked about on the Iron Rap Poor Stereo podcast, twenty years old. He was in the league last year. He was nineteen. He was cracking asses. No, Bruno plays for the Phoenix Suns. The other night, he went for seventy points. Okay, 70 points is no easy task. I don't care if you're playing NBA 2K Live or whatever the fuck that video game is. If you're playing Atari, Nerf, you're playing on an eight-foot rim. I don't care what it is. 70 points is hard to do. Correct? Correct. What's the most you ever scored in in, in a game, G, in college or in high school? Like that you were, or, or even like a competitive, like, you know, summer league game? 39. And that's like hard, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that took everything. <laughs> so Devin Booker, congratulations for scoring 70 points. He's 20 years old. The Phoenix Suns have the youngest NBA team. The, the, there's like five or six teams in the NCAA tournament that collectively have older teams than Phoenix Suns. I get all that. This is right. no shot on Devin Booker. What I'm about to talk about right now is a shot on the Phoenix Suns and, and uh, Tyson Chandler and all of the vets on that team. You score 70 points, but, and this is a skinny genification moment, you score 70 points, but you lose the fucking game. Mm. You lose the game. Every time Kobe Bryant scored 60 points or more, they won the fucking game. When Will Chamberlain scored 100 points, they won the fucking game. I get that you scored 70 points. I get how hard that is. I couldn't do it on a pop shot. It would take me all afternoon. But to be <laughs> celebrating... To be in the locker room taking pictures, to make this big brouhaha 
You lost the fucking game. This is everything wrong with the NBA. I get yeah. that it's a big accomplishment. I get that you're 20 years old. You think that Kobe Bean Bryant or Michael Jordan or Isaiah Thomas or any of those dudes will be sitting there smiling to the media when they lost the game, regardless if you scored 80 points, 70 points, 177 points? This is everything that's wrong with the NBA right now. This is the skinny genification NBA moment of the week. Why are we celebrating something that's not good? Right. The 70 points obviously is good, but your team lost. Your team is in the shithole. And and actually, it looks worse because you got all that, and obviously it didn't help your team none. (laughs) It it didn't help his team at all. Right. So so it's, it's not an accomplishment if your team doesn't win. And it wasn't even a close game. It wasn't a blowout, but Boston was winning the game. They were up by like, you know, 20, 16, 15. Like they were, it was, it was just like, yo, let's see how many points he could get. He was in the zone. Again, fantastic. But, but, but I just think celebrating that and then taking pictures and like, you know, sort of like capturing this moment in time, hopefully you're going to score 50 points next time and your team will win. Celebrating 70 right. points on a loss, that shit is like Willie Cauley-Stein celebrating a dunk that didn't go in, although he didn't celebrate, right. but it went viral. We talked about that. That started the whole skinny genification moment. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yep. Another thing with the NBA, Georgetown, our guy Patrick Ewing, um, Georgetown fired John Thompson III, who was the son of John Thompson, the great John Thompson and now they're throwing Patrick Ewing's name in there for the head coaching position. Rumor has it that Patrick Ewing is at the Washington, D.C. airport, lost and confused again. He's not even going to get a goddamn interview to coach his former Georgetown Hoyas. Why? Yeah? Why? Not, not even an interview? Yo, <laughs> his son is on the interview. They're going to give him an interview because it's a formality. Damn. Damn. But you know Patrick's not going to be coaching the Georgetown Hoyas. It's just, oh. You just know it's not going to work out for him. His son, Patrick Ewing Jr., is an assistant coach there. Damn. Pat has been on every team's bench as an assistant. They say if you work hard, you'll go up the ladder. You just got to wait your time. This man has waited. So why don't you come out and tell him to his face what it really is? Yeah, what is it? Right? We want to know. You mean to tell me? Earl Watson is more qualified, or Jock Vaughn is more qualified to be a coach than Earl Pat? Watson, the coach of the Phoenix Suns that let them, the, the team celebrate after a guy scores 70 points but loses. That's a, you think Patrick Ewing would go for that shit? Word. Let Patrick yeah. scowl again. Bring back Patrick Ewing scowl. See, I'm Rapport Stereo Podcast. I want to... Uh, just bring this up. You, you remember about a year and a half ago when there was a lot of stuff going on with gay pride, LGBT. There was a cop in New York um, during the uh, uh, gay pride day. And this was a lot, a lot of shit was going on in the country and, and discrimination. And this cop in New York, young cop, 44 years old, he was caught on video dancing and twerking with these, you know, the, the, these other gay men. And, you know, it was, it was a good sort of thing to bring police and just, you know, like the, the general population together. The, this guy, they, they, they call him the, the twerk cop. And I, this, this just made me sad. He, he passed away. He had a, a really serious uh, form of cancer. New York cop. Yeah. New York finest. Yeah. Apparently a great guy. Had a family and everything. Um, 200 mourners came to his, his uh, memorial and uh, they showed the video. And, and you know, and it just, it just was a sad thing. Just I wanted to just uh, shout out him and what he did as a, as a, as a good cop. They, they, they called him the twerking cop. And, and that's just a sad, a sad thing. Um. What else is popping, Mr. Moody? You know, Chuck Berry passed away. Yes. The, the, the inventor of rock, rock and roll, one of the, one of the inventors. And I, I'm going to stop waiting to cats pass away to shout people out from now on. Guys that are great in their fields and iconic guys who are still alive, we need to shout them out. So if you could think of any in the future, yo, and he's still alive, shout these people out, man. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start taking requests. We we obviously we always talk about our hip hop dudes. Um, yeah, you know we we talked about Bobby Womack before he passed. Next week we are gonna start doing we do the the, the shout outs while they're alive. Uh, 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 start doing that, celebrating these guys while while they're living. Um, celebrate the life as opposed to you know the sadness in in, in the passing. 
Right. All right, Moody. We're coming to the end here. San Francisco, we yeah. are coming May 9th. Seattle, we are coming May 11th. And Vancouver, we are coming May 13th. Go to www.iamrappaporttour.com. Go to www.iamrappaporttour.com for tickets. We're having a 15% off sale on all Buttersoft t-shirts. Districtlines.com. The promo code is DINGO. The promo code is DINGO. Oh, Dingo, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Yo, Dingo. Hey. <laughs> hey, Dingo. Yay. Yeah. Oh, Dingo, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Dingo. Yes. Hey, Dingo. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else, man? That's it, man. Yo, I can't wait to uh, rock live. Uh, you know, we're doing the damn thing. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport. It's the only non-fact-checking podcast in the world. We pride ourselves on that. We're going off the cuff. Raw dog without a bag. Uh, G Moody. Also, you was talking about Vegas early. I want to give a shout out to Larry, Mike, and the guys at the Las Vegas FedEx. They hit me up. They love the show. Uh, keep rocking. And FedEx, keep giving these guys their packages on time. See, <laughs> <laughs> I Rapport Stereo Podcast, Michael Rapport, Gringo Mandingo, Jordan, Miles, the whole I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast team, and the rap uh, pack. We're done.